This is Crashed in Roswell, Season 2. This episode is brought to you by the International UFO Museum and Research Center. The UFO Museum has been a staple here in Roswell for well over almost 30 years. And they've had millions, I mean millions of people walk through their doors. With countless exhibits, tens of thousands of books, magazines and periodicals, and so much more information on the UFO crash in Roswell and abroad, this is the place you've got to come if you have any interest in UFOs or alien research. But if you're not a hardcore researcher, they've got plenty of things to introduce you to what happened in Roswell and beyond, including exhibits like the 1947 Roswell incident, ancient aliens, UFO close encounters, alien abductions, and so many photo ops of UFOs from around the world. Kids can also download the app Project Bluebeam XR on their phones and play an augmented reality experience featuring the 1947 Roswell incident. You can also check out their gift shop on the way out the doors and get exclusive museum merchandise only available at the UFO Museum. You can plan your trip by going to roswellufomuseum.com. If you're coming through Roswell, make this one of your stops. That's roswellufomuseum.com. In the weeks following the release of Crashed in Roswell Season 1, fans of the show showed lots of love and support, but they also showed a lot of frustration. There were so many questions unanswered, rabbit trails unexplored, and the hardest of all, the show left many listeners questioning the truth. Is the story that I told real? Did it actually happen? And can I even be trusted? I hate to say that going into Season 2, I can't answer that for reasons I've already addressed. If you haven't already listened to the Season 1 Q&A, then I would encourage you to do so. Whether you believe the story or not is still up to you, and once again, at the end of the season, I will ask you to consider what you believe is fact and what is fiction. Regardless, I want to address a few of those loose ends and rabbit trails in this season. Little did you realize that during the release of Season 1, a lot was going on behind the scenes that made John's story a little more... complicated. So let's solve some of the mysteries of Season 1, and to do that, we need to go back to where this whole story began. With John. Hello? Hey, John. Kyle here. Hey, Kyle. How are you? How are things? Well, <laughs> I'm still upright, so I guess that's better than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> John and I first met and began the interviews that you heard in Season 1 in the fall of 2019. In the weeks following the interviews, we fell a little out of touch. I got busy with the holidays, work, and editing a podcast, but we managed to stay in touch on occasion, like this call in December of that year. So what are you going to be doing for Christmas? Oh, I don't know. Probably just stay in the house. I call my niece. Yeah, I didn't know you had a niece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hank, Hank's daughter. They they, they weren't too close. Uh, he he got a girl pregnant while he was uh, while he was in the service. <laughs> well, my mother didn't think too much about that. And they, they, uh, oh, she she and her family they they live in Illinois. Oh no way! Wow. So you got so you so how you stay in touch with this niece then? No, holidays, sometimes. 
she, I don't know how she did it, but she she found me a couple of years ago. <laughs> Tries to make sure I'm okay sometimes. Cool. Well, that's neat. I hope. I hope you guys have a. Uh, if you get in touch, I hope you have a good conversation. So. Yeah. By the way, you're sounding a lot better than I've heard you in a long time. So I guess I mean, are the breathing treatments helping, or? <laughs> I guess they are. Good. Good. When do you go back to uh, the doctor? Oh, I think it's a couple of weeks from now. Well, I hope I hope for good reports, man. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. This is how most of our conversations were around that time. Cordial, short, like two friends catching up and not a lot to say. In the weeks leading up to the podcast's release, John didn't seem too concerned with it. He may have asked me a couple of times how it was coming along, but I could tell he didn't have a lot of real interest in the show. There didn't seem to be much he wanted to add to the interviews featured in Season 1, and I was okay with that. Little did I know that in the summer of 2020, as the podcast was being released, John would unintentionally give me one more bombshell, news that would dramatically change the course of the series. Before I tell you that, though, I want to go back and revisit another loose end that seemed to really upset some listeners. Towards the end of Season 1, John gives me a chunk of metal he says he found in his mother's things. On the back of it was odd foreign writing. Upon learning about it from John's childhood friend, a higher up at the base went to John's house and threatened he and his family into secrecy about what happened in Roswell. I mentioned that medal and then never came back to it. Well, let's talk about it now. It turns out I know a thing or two about metal. It's kind of a big part of being in the jewelry industry, you know? So when I first saw it, my initial instinct told me it looked like a pin something a nurse or man in uniform might wear on their lapel. The metal was misshapen and warped, like it had been really roughed up. The writing was faint and definitely strange. I could not make out anything at first, and the thing was so scratched up that it made it harder to distinguish. However, something was used to deliberately and crudely scratch into the back of the pin. One other observation I had. It looked like silver. I've seen a lot of metal in my day. Everything from cheap base metals to fine precious metals. This just looked like old silver, like something you would find in grandma's old jewelry box. But after he gave it to me at first, my observations stopped there. I took the metal with me and stuck it in my desk drawer at work, hoping to get to it eventually. Then the retail rush at Christmas happened, followed by production of the first season of this show, and then, the world shut down. I honestly forgot to go back and investigate. But like I said, there wasn't much to it that made an impression upon me, aside from the context of John's story. If it was brought to me at work by any Joe Blow, I would have suggested they toss it. The only reason I kept it was because it seemed to mean something to John, and because it was pivotal in his story. Fast forward to the spring of 2020. My office was closed for seven weeks, with uncertainty and anxiety looming. My dad and I were in the store, alone, wondering what would happen in our world during the COVID pandemic, and I happened to cross that medal again. I figured I had nothing else to do, so I gave it a second look. I also brought in my dad for a second opinion. Okay, so I guess I should probably record this, since we have nothing better to do, and I should probably 
think about the podcast every once in a while. Um, I just, I had this thing and I wanted your opinion on it. Oh, dang it, I dropped it. <laughs> okay. Uh, there. So what's this? Um, just, just give me, what are your impressions on it? What do you, what do you think it, it is first? I'm not too sure. It, from a metal standpoint, maybe it, it might have some silver in it. Uh, but I, I really don't know. I don't know what you got. So, okay, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, but if you look at the back, and it's got all those markings and stuff on it. Does that look interesting to you? I mean, is there anything significant to you about that? Or Yeah, it doesn't look like it's stamped. I don't know if someone carved into it or something, but I, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Hmm. So, so this is something that John gave me. Um, he said, you know, it's related to his, to his story and to the UFO crash and all that. Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't really know. I'm fuzzy on some details still, but, um, it seemed important to him. So I'm trying, I was just trying to think about what it was and. Well, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like it, but. When I when I first saw it, I just thought of every other piece that we get here that looks oh, like yeah, we get stuff like, all the time. Um, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a little different. I don't know. Um, I guess the only way to find out is just send it in and have them run some tests on it, find out what kind of metal it is. Like oh, to the refinery? Yeah, yeah. I thought that wasn't a bad idea. The only problem: a lot of refineries were operating at parcel capacity due to COVID. So it was going to take me calling in a few favors and a lot of patience to get results back. Perhaps the piece was silver and nothing more than a mangled metal or pin from the military. If that was true, then it still seemed to elicit some kind of response from a higher official at the base. Enough of a response to go looking for it and to threaten John and his family. So I packaged the piece up got a hold of a friend in the refining business, and sent him the piece for analysis. That was the spring of 2020, at the beginning of COVID shutdowns sweeping across the world. It was a difficult time for so many reasons, and nobody was thinking clearly. Truth be told, I sent the piece off and forgot about it again. My mind was elsewhere. Deep down, I was hopeful to hear back from them before season one ended, but I didn't. And even if I had, behind the scenes of this podcast, another bump in the road was to come. And this one, this one was the hardest of all. This episode is also brought to you by Hangar 209. Hangar 209 is the place to get your signature Roswell gear. It's a stone's throw away from the UFO Museum. You can't miss it. They have everything from apparel to local food for sale, stuff you won't find anywhere else. Plus, you're going to love their many varieties of alien abduction beef jerky, including jalapeno lime, habanero, and of course, it's New Mexico, so green chili jerky. I honestly love their stuff, and every few weeks I have to go there to restock on my supply of specialty olive oil from the Santa Fe Olive Oil Company. Do yourself a favor, trust me, pick up some of the Chipotle olive oil from them, and then use that on your tacos next time you're making them. You will not be sorry. <laughs> Visit Hangar 209 while in Roswell, or order your authentic Roswell gear online at Hangar209.com. That's Hangar209.com. John never showed much interest in the podcast itself. 
To start, John didn't really know what a podcast was and didn't care to learn. He seemed to say his piece, and after those initial interviews, we never really spoke of the past. Until the world changed in the spring of 2020. World Health Organization today, for the first time, labeled a pandemic. In other words, an outbreak with the potential to touch everyone, not just in America, but around the globe. Today, it's hard to argue that it hasn't already. All day, hour after hour, there were new signs of how significantly life has changed already and could change even more in the days and weeks and months ahead. Is the worst yet to come, Dr. Fauci? Yes, it is. I can say we will see more cases and things will get worse than they are right now. Bottom line, it's going to get worse. I was flying back from a trade show in Atlanta as the world in America began to shut down. People in the airport stood their distance from each other. The atmosphere on the plane was tense. It reminded me of that scene from Apollo 13 where the astronauts are holding their breath knowing that their doomed capsule was running out of air. Tom Hanks looks at his crewmates and says, Just breathe normal, fellas. Only nobody wanted to breathe normal. Our world was changed in an instant. Our release date for season one of Crashed and Roswell was set already, and the show quickly became a respite from the harsh realities of the world outside my window. And nothing was harsher than what happened with John. Hello? Hey, John. It's Kyle. Hello. Hi. Kyle, how you doing? Well, I, I'm good. I'm, I was calling to check on you um, to see how you're doing. Are you staying quarantined? Oh, not really. I'm an old man, God. I don't want to be locked up. But John, John, you don't you don't sound too good, man. Are you been are you been doing your breathing treatments? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Look, look, I'm I'm just worried about you, John. That's all. Little, don't be, Kyle. They're blowing this thing out of proportion. You just know that. John, look, it's, I mean, all this is pretty real, okay? Uh, look, I just, I just want you to be careful, okay? I'm, I'm fine, Kyle. I'm fine. But listen, if you if you need anything, if you need any groceries or, you know, pick up something for you, please... Please call me and let me know, because I'm happy to do that for you. Yeah, 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 I will. Okay. Hey, listen, be careful, John, okay? Yeah, yeah. Bye, Kyle. That was the last time John and I spoke. The following week, John's neighbor went over to check on him after not seeing him for several days. The neighbor saw through the small front window that John had died in his chair, alone. John's death was shattering to me. I had built a show around the idea of community, of caring for the misunderstood, and yet, John still died alone. It had been weeks since I had seen him in person. I tried to physically social distance for his safety, but still call every week. But I couldn't shake the feeling of guilt. He died alone. And I, his only connection to the community, wasn't there for him. I know I shouldn't feel guilty. John was a sick man even before COVID. I don't know if it was the virus that killed him or his chronic condition. I just know his loss felt like a loss for the community. Like it was the end of the Roswell story. A generation lost to time. 
After I found out from his neighbor about his death, I took a drive out to the base, the very one that was the center of attention after the crash in 1947. I drove the loop around the airport, now filled to the brim with airplanes. You see, after COVID shutdowns began, airline companies began to ground the planes they couldn't fly and needed somewhere to park them. Roswell has one of the largest runways in the world, in a part of the world that is out of the way, untouched, and easy to ignore. The perfect place to store unnecessary things. So the hundreds upon hundreds of planes not flying across the US came here and were parked one next to another, next to another. The vacant, empty runway was now filled with vacant, empty planes. They looked like headstones, marking the graves of all that our world lost in a matter of weeks to the pandemic. We all lost something back then. When John died, we were in the beginning episodes of Crash Season 1 being released. When I was asked questions about John or the loose ends in the show, I often said it was complicated. And it was. My link to the past, my new friend, was gone. Thankfully, his story wasn't over. Little did I know that someone would find me and help bring peace to John's tumultuous life. It came in the way of a fan email from Illinois. Denise. Dear Kyle, My name is Denise, and I am related to John. I've been listening to your show since the start, and I love it. There was so much about my uncle I'm learning from your show. It sounds like you were close, and I imagine his passing has been hard. I would love to talk to you about him. There's more to his story I think you'll enjoy learning about. Denise. On the next episode of Crashed in Roswell, Denise and I get in touch, and she reveals the last link to the crash in John's story. And I sit down with a renowned ufologist for a sobering look at the Roswell story and how it's fading from history's memory. My thanks to Ryan Bishop for his help on production and to Brian Hunley who wrote our theme song. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Facebook or Twitter to stay up to date with the show. You can also support us by visiting our website, CrashedInRoswell.com, and checking out our store with all original Crashed in Roswell gear.